Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning, the following program is the officially sanctioned podcast where three friends talk about the show about four friends who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. I had to throw a good. I don't know where that came from. The 808s. Oh, that's the <laughs> Shay, you could do the 808s. I, a little. I don't. I don't know. What's don't, the thing I, that? What's the thing that you're supposed to say to help you beatbox? It's like it's like a boots and kicks. Uh, and cat, boots and cats. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. Yeah, that's good, Shay. Yes. I'm, I'm all right. right with the good beatbox a little bit, but hey, we're back. That's right. We're back. We're beatboxing. Rest in peace, Bismarcky. Ah, yeah, that's a bummer, huh? Yeah, <laughs> big bummer is how we want to welcome you guys into this <laughs> episode for the Impractical Jokers podcast. I'm James McCarthy. We got Casey Just that's and right. just Shay. Just Shay, the just star child on the pod. I like that we're time stamping this episode, which, you know, this episode came out, uh, you know, July. Uh, what is it? The 22nd, Second. I think. And of yeah. last week, um, you know, uh, Bismarck, he passed away. So we're just time stamping it. We're not trying to bring down the vibes. The vibes are still <laughs> high. I don't want to mess with your steez. Yeah. It's so whenever you listen to this podcast, whether it's months in the future uh, or back in time for any time travelers, you'll know the feeling of, uh, of where you were at this moment in time. That's right. But this, I love this episode. This was, I think my favorite one since we've been back. This is the third one mm. back so far. It's my favorite of the three. I'd say I'm with you there. I'm with, I'm you, with there. you. Yeah. I had, a, I had a lot of fun with this, watching this one. And I laughed a bunch, which is always good for when you're, you know, watching a television show that's supposed to be comedic comedic. It's, it's very fun to, <laughs> to laugh. Just to let you guys know. Always looking for that in a comedy. Well, you want to laugh. And speaking of people that make me laugh, let's just jump into this first challenge. Jay Miller. Here we go. Uh, One of the funniest guys I know. Uh, He's one of the producers on our show. And he's so funny in this first bit. Yeah, they did a great job with him. Yeah. If you guys don't know Jay, uh, you can check out. uh, Check him out on like YouTube or something at at Mid-Evenings. He used to host this like public access show on Staten Island. And uh, they would get all sorts of weird characters. Me and Casey have done the show a few times. Yeah. It's, it, it was a blast. Sal, okay, I'm going to get this right for once. Prince Herb would do the show a bunch back when he was Sal. Yeah. There's a bunch. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff on YouTube still if you want to check it out. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because in, in, at one point, a little later in this, he, he, he mouths, uh, he makes, Joe mouth the words with the person who's talking. Yeah. He's like mouth, mouth all the words. And I swear to God of Jay's, all Jay's accomplishments, funny guy, great performer, great writer, great, great guy. 
he used to do this sometimes when I would do sketches with him. <laughs> he would sometimes like when I was saying my lines, he would mouth my lines like on stage in front of an audience. <laughs> and afterward, I'd be like, you know, you mouth my lines. He was like, I know. I just wanted it to go right. <laughs> I think he like broke the habit, but I swear he did it for so long because what's funny is he's not only mouthing it, he's like mouthing my inflection as I would be saying it. Like, you know what I mean? So if I'm like mad, he'll like make a mad face and mouth it. Oh, that's so funny. That's like when you're singing along to a song and you don't want to like lose this, like you only know it if you sing it all the way through, right? right? So if you drop it at any point, so he would just mouth it so he wouldn't lose his place in the sketch, I guess. You guys would do brother and brother, right? That was the name yeah. of the sketch duo. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So, I'll say this. I'll say this. Like Jay should be in a lot more of these bits. Yes. But I will say this, that, that it's, he's up against people like Cole, who's just like accidentally hysterical, you know, like yeah. that's the thing. I think the guys like, uh, you know, look at, you know, the people that we've put on in the past, like Rob Emmer and stuff. I think the guys right. want people who are um, like, I, I don't know what to say, how to say it because there's, there's this thing that there's a wild card element to right. Emmer and to Cole. That's you're like, you don't know what you're going to get They're They they provide this sort of accidental, you know, humor. Right. Whereas Jay is so he's, he's so comedically savvy already that they know it'll be good, but they, they lose that sort of like improv or like wild card nature because they know, yeah. you know, they expect him to be funny and he is. Whereas Cole, they're like, don't expect anything. So he's up against another <laughs> producer like Cole or like Dan Cast, which is just, he's something else right. altogether. Yeah. Dan Cast, like famously just deadpan. Like that's a guy that like, yeah. I don't, think i've ever seen him laugh on camera i've seen him laugh off camera a bunch but like he when he wants to just be like cold-blooded and pretend to be a ghost walking down the hallway uh you can actually isn't that dan cast in the background of this shot like, like sitting at the table you can see dan cast sitting there um what, what was his role in in this sketch uh sketch geez this challenge like he's was he pretending to be the client or something sitting there or is he like checking people he was in the client or like the casting agent gotcha it was him in um our i say she's our star pa brooke okay brooke is, is great super, super, mm-hmm. i call it gi jane she's super super nice. dope but i believe those two were playing um casting agents okay that makes sense you see i saw them in the background of a bunch of shots and it, you know again unusual to see dan cast and not use him because he is so funny i know i'm sure they used him and it was like because i wasn't obviously wasn't there that day uh for the shoot because i'm like oh what's going on there but they probably used him and then it didn't end up making the final cut is my assumption they probably had dan do something in this bit because whenever he's on camera they always goes to to dan cast over there this bit was great just jumping in to joe i don't know how he punched himself in the nuts so hard, or I mean, I, I guess he I know. didn't. Was it his his thigh just next to his nuts that he was hitting? But <laughs> very believable, whatever he was doing out there. Really unbelievable. It was killing me. I, I was dying. God, I was doing that. I couldn't believe that the guy like kept because you know usually when he does stuff like that, the person who he's with is like kind of either like angry or laughing along, and this guy just like he stuck to his guns. And just kind of kept going with what he had to do. It was such a yes. unique, like, I think he was like, I, look, I have to be extra professional if this guy's not going to be professional. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was wild stuff. That's awesome. Um, and then I I love when Joe, when Joe said agree to disagree. That's That was the moment that I was like, to Jay, you know, Jay was like. Yep. Uh, oh. it, was, it was so good. Yeah. And you're, you're right, Case. And that guy was just being so professional. I think he was like, if I keep saying my line, right. one of these will be usable 
because he can't like, he just can't be like constantly eating a chip and pinching his nipple and slapping himself. So he's like, I'm just going to keep saying I'm having the best time at Top Golf. which by the way, whatever agreement we had with Top Golf, they got their money's worth. <laughs> we, in just that part right there, it's like we basically did do a commercial for them. Like we were pretending to do on set that day. Cause we just said Top Golf so many times in that first turn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Top Golf. I mean, that's, that's a big thing too. It's like, it's the it's like the number one bachelor party thing now. It's like top golf. It's so funny. Yeah, we did that once at a bachelor party. We don't even mm-hmm. like golf. Like I've never golfed really. And but yeah. I like I went that was fun because you just kind of hit a golf ball, but then mostly drink and um, you know, have some sliders. When it came out, I was like, Oh, this is cosmic bowling for golf. <laughs> yeah. Remember cosmic bowling? That was like oh, hell yeah. That was a blip too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was a great turn. And uh yep. move on to Murr. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Murr and Keith. What a dynamic duo these guys oh are. Oh my gosh. I can't, I, or what do we think guys? What's up with Keith? Do we think that he's maybe Mark of the episode? Absolutely. Oh, he's definitely a nominee. He's my sure. Mark of the episode. You know, I, wow. he, you know, he's up against someone later and I'll, we'll talk about that. So let's, he's in the Agreed. running. He's in the running. Um, I think Keith was super, super high is what I think. Yeah. Wow. He's my Mark <laughs> of the episode. He had to be super, super high. Which give it to him because he still performed very well. Yeah. But that he had because of that, he's my mark of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Keith, Keith was doing his own thing out there. Like again, like well, let's just talk about like this challenge real quick overall. Like we were trying to figure out ways, again, this is filmed during COVID. We're trying to figure out ways to get people to set that we know don't have COVID, right? So we're like, what if we do a commercial and we'll get actors that, you know, obviously would have to get COVID tested because they know they're gonna be doing a commercial, but we'll film them when the camera's down was like, like the kind of the genesis of the bit. So it's like, we'll get people, we bring them to set. They think they're doing a commercial. They're just being background extras in like a local top golf commercial. And, uh, but then when the camera stopped rolling, that's when the Joker and them will interact and do all the weird unusual stuff that the Jokers, you know, mm-hmm. usually do. And so that's what we did here. They're on level playing field, basically. They're just both actors, right? So there's no hierarchy there so so keith really feels like he's on the same level as murr out there it's not like he's pretending to be Murr's pretending to be the boss and like you know he's hired as like a temp or something to do something they're just like both peers and then quickly once he thinks murray's an idiot keith takes the high status from him and wields it in a way that i really don't think i've seen too much on the show before yeah he's just like saying we got to get this guy out of here you know <laughs> like what the hell is this guy doing that was unbelievable yeah i i agree and that's like why it's so fun to set up a challenge like this one because you i don't know yeah i think people have ownership and they're like he's gonna make me look bad <laughs> you know right. or like or like he's ruining the shot for me like it's it you know he had he, it's not like he has any more status than any of the other actors or other challenges we've done, but he has enough ownership that it, he felt empowered to like be bothered by him. He big time. He was Hollywood, Hollywood Keith, man. He was like, get this chump out of here, out of my scene. I love our editors for keeping in things such as, you know, JMO didn't finish his water. Can I have it? <laughs> my favorite yeah. line. Like that had nothing to do with the challenge. It was already done, but they were like, we got to put this in. He called him JMO. <laughs> that was great. I, yeah, I love that. There's so many good things. I mean, the, when they're doing the shadow improv game or whatever, yeah. And then Jay Miller just comes in with a real deadpan, like, 
what the F are you guys doing? Guys, what the F are you doing? So funny. I do what I please, James. He said that too. Uh, <laughs> the shot is me. The shot is me. <laughs> yeah. He's messing my steez. He had, yeah, he had, he has more like these should be on t-shirts. Yeah. He had something going on and like, he's definitely like one of the <laughs> best marks in this episode, but I, I, I'm going to hold my mark of the episode. I think later, I think to, I know who you because mean. there's another mark that I just thought was a cool guy. Uh, and I, that kind of wins out for me because Keith, uh, Keith was a lot. He's a lot. I don't know if I want to hang out with Keith. I'll be honest. He's a good, good, great mark, but I don't know if I'm hanging out with Keith after after the shoot. I don't know. I'm gonna find Keith because I think me and Keith need to have a drink. Uh, okay. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. And then moving on to this next one, uh, Brian BQ Quinn out there, usually typecast as an imbecile. I loved, and and this was fun. He we had multiple people in in Q's commercial out here, which was I thought great because they quickly paired up and we're like we're good at this and he's terrible yep so fun this was yeah this was really it was also just like a a, like a fun dynamic to have two other people you know because then there's this strength in numbers it's like two against one which we hadn't seen yet and like you could tell that they were like on the same page and then so you know q is like immediately outnumbered Mm -hmm. so everything he did was sort of like they could look at each other and be like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. I also love a moment where someone's calling out like, I'm acting, you know, it's not alcohol. <laughs> like, and like, all right, are you acting now or not? Like, you know, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great, man. Yeah. I loved it. There, and uh, I love the social faux pas of bringing up politics at, at the workplace, yep. basically, which is what this is, you know, like bringing it up on set. And then the thing that killed me killed me killed me was like just immediately ask who you voted for once you start rolling nope (laughs) i think that was the hardest i laughed out loud during this episode yeah is that q's delivery of that line destroyed me it was so good (laughs) and their their reaction to it it was great that's when our when our show gets political it's making fun of shows that get political (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah we we basically vowed not to get political uh, once things got like hyper political in this country. I think in the past we may have thrown out a few offhanded references to a politician or like the Blasio or something like that. But now it's like, we really just try to stay away from it as much as possible. So this can really just be a place where you can turn off your mind and just enjoy peace. It's funny though, because New York historically is like, it has nothing to do with like either party you're just like you always sort of hate you know like the, the elected officials in new york yeah it's always like a you know de blasio it's always like a oh bloomberg it's always it's you know it's it's just forever people yeah. Jenkins. you know it's always this thing yeah it's a, yeah it's like effing blank whatever the mayor's name is they hate, yeah it, it's funny because new york politics uh, for anyone listening it's like everyone hates whoever the mayor is but then likes whoever their local borough president is <laughs> like that guy's okay like marty markowitz he's great welcome to brooklyn he's a real brooklyn guy it's like why isn't he mayor it's like well because as soon as he is you're gonna shit on him <laughs> so there it is that's that's your impractical jokers new york city politics minute there you go what you came here for uh and then we got prince herb uh, who i think is kind of the mayor of staten island oh I, the guys would win, any one of the guys would win in a landslide right for for mayor of staten island q is the unofficial honestly though accused the unofficial mayor of, of, yeah. of Staten Island. Uh, a fictional title, right? That's just because he hates, he, yeah, he wants to run on the platform where he hates um, Cornelius Vanderbilt. That's his <laughs> That's his whole platform is like to ruin the legacy of Vanderbilt. And um, I, I respect it. that. And I think there might be enough people that get behind him. But Prince Herb is sort of the prince of Staten Island. Definitely. So there's, this <laughs> turn is really fun. There's so many things. I love that Jay's like, clearly there's no world where you'd be together 
So your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, you know, I love Herb's look in this too, by the way. Yeah. I, I thought he pulls it off. Like now he's like, he's got the earrings on. Uh, you know, I like that Staten Island hat that he had. He looks like a retired baseball player. <laughs> yeah. Like who just, just retired. Yeah, definitely. Like maybe like a DH or something, you know, uh, a John Crook out there. I, yeah. I, I could see it. You know, I thought maybe they, they could have been Maybe more than cousins, I think. I, I'm saying Prince Herb's looking good out there, but yeah, Jay Miller calling him out. You guys can only be cousins is great. I loved it. I love Sal's like first line or one of his first lines of the word. Guy gave me these jeans because I spilled coffee on my Nards. And that's <laughs> the second time Nards came up earlier on. Joe said on oh, my Nards, and then they were, they must have. That's what happens, guys, on set. Like some someone says something. It could either be while the cameras are rolling or not, and then like that will be used to death in a fun way. Like they'll just, they, they've been saying Nards since like yeah. in another, but I think then a bit later on, you're going to see Nards come back. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I love his, uh, his kidnapping of the squirrel and then mm-hmm. just his trailed off uh, story story of just talking about the skunk he found under his deck. Yeah. It was so great. And the way that that ended up playing out through the rest of the turn was really my favorite. Just so awkward when he's like, just like saying skunk and gets yeah. really in his head. It was uh fantastic. I, I thought, I thought it was great. I, you know, I'd give best actor in a, in a top golf commercial to, to Sal. I thought he did great. To who? Uh, to Prince Herb. Yeah, his right, stage I'm, name. That's his stage name. All right, I'm going to do 10 push-ups after this. That'll be my, my okay. sal penalty because he is Prince Herb. Are we changing? Um, is all his handles changed to Prince Herb now? I think so. Oh, it, it, it's changed like to Prince Herb, but it's still like at Sal Volcano. Got it. Okay. Because you can't change like the, the Twitter handle and keep all your followers and stuff, but you can change like what your name looks like. Yeah, I know nothing about this Twitter thing. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You don't have to be on. <laughs> yeah, I love that at the end of this Prince Herbert, like they give this like switch where then it's like you nail it, <laughs> and he comes in like, "Girl, we needed a night out." Like that's precious. I love that we did that because it's like it's it's just a funny button at the end, but like it also shows that yes, he Prince Herb is the best actor. He could really deliver the goods. He does. I love. I love the herb. I thought it was great in this commercial. I'd love to love to see him do more acting. And that's Top Golf, baby. That's that was one that we yeah we, we remember when we were kind of coming up with that one. We were I yep. think we were nervous about like hiring people, like hiring actors because yep. we don't like to hire actors. But yeah, I th- think they just found people that are not actors that are actually it's a mix. Like uh, they might be actors, but they wanted a casting of real people that would do it. Yes. The other thing we, we thought was that now that, you know, when they get there, they do get paid for for the day. Exactly. Not for to be on Jokers, but they were told they'll, they'd be paid for the commercial. Yep. We didn't feel so bad. It's not like they got there and then like as an audition and they're like, hey, there's no gig. We were just messing with you. Yeah. Like that's something we've always wanted to avoid because it's a bad look. Yeah, that's it's a great point, Casey. And like you said, so like the way that this like ad was posted by our producers online was like, hey, we need real people to come be in a Top Golf commercial. So like just come out like you'll have to get tested because you're going to be acting in it and all that. But like we just want we don't want like actors. We just want real people that look like they would come and enjoy top golf. So if you enjoy top golf, like come out and do this. And so that's like the people that responded to the ad, but then to what you're saying about 
we're very like wary of not delivering on what we're promising. So like, if you're saying like, you want to be in a top golf commercial, we need actors. Like you kind of want to follow through and deliver on something that's at least like equal to that. So it's like, if you, if you did get a real actor, it's like, you're like, well, listen, you weren't in a top golf commercial, but you're going to be on true TV featured in this bit for impractical jokers. And they'll be like, Oh, that's cool. Then I'll, I'll be on TV and better than a regional commercial. You actually be on a national TV show because like where we've gone into trouble in the past. I remember one time the guys were uh, photography teachers. Do you remember this? We did like a fake photography class. It was just a challenge. Yep. And so it's like, Hey, anybody that's interested in photography, come take this class. There's one term that has a decent amount of blurs in it. I think a guy even walked out. They're just like, I signed up for a photography class and you gave me this BS photo class that like, it wasted my time. They're like, I had to like flip my schedule around to take this class and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, yeah, that's on us. So like, usually we try to, if we do like a BS class now, it's like, we'll have like a real person there afterwards that's giving them what they signed up for. Some value. Or we'll try to set it up in a way where it's like, you know, maybe more of a focus group where it's like, Hey, can you come do a focus group for a photo class and like, just give us the feedback on our teachers? It's a small difference, but it makes a big, it tempers their expectations. It's definitely a thing that we learned along the way. Yeah. It's important to kind of think of that stuff because the other thing, this is a real behind the scenes is like that room that with all the blurs, that stuff spreads. Yeah. There's this group mentality. So if one person's pissed and like, doesn't want to do it, well, it'll just spread to other people. So even sometimes when we film a bit, we try to sign the releases, we take them out and bring them into separate areas. Yeah. So in case someone is like, I don't want to do this. Cause sometimes if someone else hears that they go, maybe I shouldn't want to do this. Right. And right. so we try to like separate people to give, to get them to sign releases in case someone does bring up something, you know, they're that they don't want to, right. but it works the other way too. So if someone's really happy about it, yep. we bring that happy person <laughs> around and they're like, this was so great. And we're like, okay, great. Like this is going to yeah. spread the positivity spreads. Yep. And then like, if someone's really not signing and it's like, we really want them, we'll be like, Hey, come back to the BTS. Like they'll meet the crew, like they'll meet the guys. And, but also they'll see what they look, if we can, like right. this was you on camera, like, look, you don't look like an idiot. We look like idiots. Like our guy is like more and you just look like a normal person calling him out on his behavior. Cause they're like, and I could see that too. Right. Sometimes where people are like, I don't know what I looked like on TV, especially if they're an actor, they're like how, if like they were an actor in the top golf commercial, they would want to be like, well, I want to look good on TV. Right. Like, I don't want to like when the camera's rolling, I don't want them like seeing me picking my nose or something. It's like, no, 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 you look good. Have you ever, you usually have to do that. Shay, you bring them back, right? I bring them back. Do you find that that helps like with like you know what's the percentage In, it usually it usually works i would say 100 percent. we've never had like i'm trying to we're talking nine years let me see let me see yeah yeah um have you ever brought someone back and they meet the crew and they like say okay great and then they're like no i don't want to sign no okay yeah we've had it maybe once or twice and we'll take all their information like we'll get all their information and they'll want a copy of the release and then later on we'll get them to sign but i don't think once we bring them back we've had somebody that said no and sometimes people don't want to go back right yeah, yes 100 percent, because they don't know and so they see it and they're like oh wow yes <laughs> I, like I, i'm thinking Thinking of like the Gatto's dogs, uh, my dog after your dog punishment, mm -hmm. like that lady that didn't sign that she, she never wanted to come back. She's like, I don't yeah, care. She never came back. Like, I'm not coming back there. Where it's like, eh, I'm pretty sure she saw it. She would have been okay with it, but 
she was just fired up. That's a moment where I think like a blur helps. If like sometimes like one blur, you makes you like feel like it's real, mm-hmm. it's real. It's really scary. <laughs> like you could just tell it's going to be awkward. Yeah, for sure. That's such a good one. His penis in the nephew's mouth. Oh, so good. That's probably one of my favorite punishments of all time. I was so happy I was on set that day. It's the best. There's so many good things that didn't make the cut. It was fantastic. I, I died laughing that day and came back to life. It was perfect. Speaking of funny, this next challenge. Here we oh go. my God. The memoir, I, I understand. Sometimes fans get upset. You only see two jokers in a turn right here. The other two will air later this season. There is just so much comedy in these memoirs that the guys, we're, you're stuck between a rock and the hard place here. It's like we either cut them down to where they're so short that you're cutting jokes out of the memoir. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks because like y- there's nothing to do with it after this, especially for a bit like memoir. So like, Again, so this is one of the earlier things we shot during COVID, actually. I think maybe that's not true, but it was still at a time where it was in the beginning. It was, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. this the presentations are actually kind of long because we're like, listen, we, we're not getting a lot of marks. We want to make sure that we're getting enough comedy. So the presentations right. were maybe 20 slides each. They're like in the room for like an hour with people, which is actually pretty long for a one-on-one turn. Totally. They, like there's still things. I, there's a bunch of slides from both of these that are cut out that I kind of want to bring up because there are so many good things on the cutting room floor. But anyway, to fans that are like upset, they're like, oh, we're only getting like a turn and a half basically of jokers it's like it's just because it there's just so much out there that the guys didn't want to leave out so later on you'll see the other two you'll see joe and uh, prince herb go and it's yeah it's great this has so many insane lines in it this this next i mean this challenge just there's there's just chock full of stuff these these presentations like you said are they're long in a good way. Oh, absolutely. And my mark of the episode, Luca was there for all of it with him listening to Q's dreamy s'mores, s'mores king tale. Mm-hmm. Luca was the best. Confirms that there's Grecian perverts. <laughs> He's been to Greece and he can confirm it. Confirms. I have a soft spot for Luca, man. It, he was just so happy on board with everything. I mean, just to jump quickly to the end of Luca's tale here, he paid, he gives 50 bucks for the book. He's on board. He, he loved it. But then an eight. And then an ten. eight. <laughs> He's being honest. He's like, yeah, I want to buy the book. He's like, I'm interested. Eight will make me buy it. But it wasn't a 10 out of 10. So he goes, I love it. I love the part where he goes, he goes, he literally goes, I fucking love Shrek. <laughs> he went, <laughs> he on, went a on a cruise a- because somebody was dressed as Shrek. Yes. I got to explore that. I got to explore that world uh, that he's, he loves Shrek that much. I love it. I want to go out, have some Fernet with Luca, talk some tales of his Shrek cruises. That that seems like a good night to me. So that's why I'm giving it to Luca over Keith. Interesting. uh, For my mark of the episode here. Interesting. Gotcha. I, I thought it was amazing that Q mispronounced Somius or, you you know, so is it Somia? Stella. Yeah, that's the thing. But so, you say the P. You do say the P. I've talked about this with Stella. Oh, really? It's Pisomius. Yeah. Pisomius. So she doesn't pronounce her own name right. She does it in a way. It, it's like she does it so subtly, but she does it because I've I've asked her about it uh, in the past. And it, so it's like Pisomius. And I'm probably doing it too plosively when I say the P, but she does say that she pronounces it. But Stella works on her show. She's a production manager on our show. So we used her last name, yep. which was like a little Easter egg. We do <laughs> as often as we can. And I mean, she's fully great. 
We love it. Yeah. Yes. Which is why as soon as we have like a Greek joke, we're like, we're going to put Stella in there. hundred <laughs> percent. And Andy's funny though. It's like nothing, not Greek at all. <laughs> no, not at all. 50 bucks is crazy. And then what, like a Q being like, yeah, I'll take 20 bucks. If you got it, the guy gives him a 50 and then he gives him an eight out of 10. I just think that's so funny. So good. Um, and then, so we got Murr's turn. And I'm going to let you guys know, I thought this is what we were waiting for. This is my mark of the episode. Really? Oh, this guy was great. This guy was great. Definitely a moose right there. Like those moments of like his reactions, like, and it was a slow burn. He was really like, he was like not skeptical at first. And then he just got more and more as Murr went on. And this is a tough one to explain. The other one is tough and it was all over the place. There's the DeLuca boy, you know, like returning to die again. Yes. But there's s'mores. So that's kind of fun. Well, this starts off fun too. He's like a plane crash in Maine. Yeah how I survived a plane crash. And he's like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and then immediately it's about breaking horses, destroying hundreds of horses. Yeah. The horse was 30 hand, like he measured the horse in hands, 30 hands across. That's right. 30 hands wide, yeah. 15 hands yeah. long. Sinewy throbbing haunches. This was the best. I had so much fun looking at the Murr PowerPoint. I still have it up on my computer right now because there are slides that we didn't get to that we will never see basically. Cause now that that's the cut, like, I don't know what else we do with, uh, the, the tale of gray mane. So I have a few things I'd like to bring up that didn't make the cut at some point. Well, the gray mane is, is dead now. It's, it was tamed and killed and it was definitely a moose. Yeah. A hundred percent. Clearly a moose. I love that. Like you said, Casey, this guy's a great Mark. He just called it out very plainly. He goes, that's a moose. That's a moose. <laughs> right there. Zero out of 10 is incredible too. Zero out of 10 is perfect. I think Mark, I think, I think Murr lost his fastball. <laughs> you think Murr lost his fastball? Yeah. He used to be able to explain this stuff and, and, you know, get people on board. I think he's to his detriment. He's becoming less of a sociopath that can, <laughs> you know, connect and just like manipulate people. Like, I think, I think maybe marriage has turned him in. I was going to say. Yeah. I think he's he's, I think he's too much of a human being. Now the robot is gone and he can't, he can't yeah. like, you know, like he, he was like, he was like a mystical robot that like did, couldn't feel yes. emotions, but could pull on people's emotional strings. Yes. His life has helped him find his human side. Yeah. I, I loved it. Also in that last free frame, I don't even think they say it, but if you, if you pause your the TV on yeah. where it says crash into Maine or crash into me, yeah. basically <laughs> a very, like, for some reason, Dave Matthews reference thrown in there, but on the side, it says a memoir by James S. Murray, completely written in full by Darren Weirdmouth <laughs> with a forward by Carson, which is so funny. So Darren Weirdmouth is James's co-author on uh, many of his novels, uh, his sci-fi novels. And Brink and all those. And others, and others. <laughs> his assistant, uh, Carson, uh, they they wrote a book together that's uh, coming out soon. Yeah. Which is just funny because later in The Punishment, there's a, the question, have you ever written a book by yourself? And he yep. answers honestly, no. no. <laughs> He's never written a book by himself. So I love that. He's written one, but then like even like I think Awakened originally he wrote and then he brought in Darren to like help flesh it out and you know all that stuff. But like I think he could write a book on his own, but I think it's, you know, it's good. He knows how to collaborate. Exactly. And he likes the feeling. He could do it. Yeah, it's so funny. That's that that was that was so and I also like that it's so hard to explain this that he said the pilots are dead. 
I make sure of it. Yep. Like that to me was like, yeah, of course you're not going to win. You just confess to murdering pilots. Yeah. I mean, unless like, like, unless in my head, I was like, okay. So they were so like mortally wounded <laughs> that, you know, like Murr put them down. He put them out of their misery, which is the thing you do with horses. And that's not the only thing he killed in the full turn. Let me just bring this up again. Yep. We're never going to see this. I love this. I also think real quick, James, I also, when I watched this, I was like, this is James McCarthy. Like you had a hand in this one one for sure confirm or deny yeah i mean uh confirmed i mean we definitely yeah. had this 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 stinks of you in, a, in the most beautiful way all, all the comedy producers did and so i i, I feel good about sharing these I, I, you know there are some really good ones here like i know imbergio put a picture that i'm looking at right now of his family friends in there that they took a family photo basically with murray in it and it's on a slide that says i board a prop plane to maine i kiss shania the horse goodbye and board the plane for one final battle with me Nature. Mm-hmm. I'm with two pilots named Gary and the sad looking Nova Scotian family. Not important, but it is. She's adopted. Talking about the daughter yeah. in the picture. They bring a Beethoven dog too, which I don't like the looks of. And I say so. <laughs> then the plane grows down. The pilots are dead. He makes sure of it. The Nova Scotians and I get into an argument about which direction to go. I know my directions up, south, left, right. The Scandinavian fools want to go right. <laughs> then a humane end. I know I need to take action against the Beethoven dog. We only have enough food rations for a few months. I snap its Unterkiefer. And then there's a diagram of a dog with Unterkiefer, which points to his jaw. <laughs> so he snaps the dog's jaw. The family succumbs to emotion, not logic. And I have to fight for my life. So after he kills this dog, he gets into a battle with the family. And then he says, they split. The family leaves me right there to bleed from my knuckles. They go right, I go south. I begin my arduous 40 days journey is alone in the woods. The coward family was rescued 45 minutes later, wandering into a community pig roast. I was certain the smell of the pig was just the pilot's burning flesh. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are slides that, again, when he got a zero out of 10, these were things he said that probably rightfully so didn't make TV. We talked about killing a dog and burning flesh. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make it to air because I'm sure someone at the network was like, you guys went too hard on this turn. <laughs> and then there's other things in there. He talks about he was getting some sort of mysterious sky burn. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't call it sunburn, but yeah, he was getting weird sky burn. Uh, so many other weird things. A lot of picture jokes that, you know, won't play too well for the, uh, for the podcast here, but so many good things in this turn we overwrote these presentations we put too yeah much. again a bunch that just never made it i, I loved it and uh, a deserving loss for james s murray and mm-hmm. as i was talking about this I, I realized so my mistake i was saying you'll see the other turns later for memoir uh, we already did <laughs> they aired oh they did we saw oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah we saw prince herbs and his sperm god leone crime family and the sperm god oh, just, sperm so yeah god. We, we did already see that oh we're idiots we are idiots <laughs> we don't know our own show i know we're the worst. So it's been a while. Yeah, Come on. We got to see all of them. We should hire fans to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we didn't get to see? What? This punishment. Boom. Until it aired. You got to see it because you're in it, Casey. Well, I, I got to tell you this, guys. I couldn't hear a lot of what the guys were feeding Murr. Punishments like this are really complicated. He's got headphones on where he can't hear anything except for when the guys talk to him. Yeah. There's a separate microphone for when the guys want to talk to me and it's push to talk. So he'd have to push a button and talk to me. Now, if they're if they're talking or telling Murr something, I don't know what they're telling. I know a lot of the behind the scenes and like the stuff that we kind of had planned sure. out that we were thinking about doing. 
that day. But so much of it, I was also in the dark. So it was almost like I was going through that punishment too, except for the, I could hear the audience and I know the questions and I'm like, you know, helping facilitate that stuff. Right. Now, that being said though, at the end of it, I was like, I, I didn't even understand some of the stuff that was happening. And the, but it was like embarrassing for Murr in this other way that was like really kind of fun and cringy. And then, so the audience, the home audience gets to see everything. It gets yeah. to see what it's like to be the audience, what it's like to be in on it, what it's like to be Murr, what it's like to be, you know, the guys. Like it's it's really interesting and cerebral. Yep. And it took a lot of moving pieces to get this punishment done. It's a really cerebral one. Yeah. What do you think, Shay? Shay, do you do what did this how did because I knew it too well. What did you think of this one? I, I thought it was funny. I like I liked it. I um embarrassed just enough. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. to where it's not too like he was still comfortable, but embarrassed at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. I know what you mean. You, you know what I mean? So that, yeah. that kind of got me because he he's never comfortable. So I, right. I, I loved it. That's true. I loved it. I think we should do more of those for him, please, Casey. OK. Yeah. Oh, but I'm yeah. sorry. And I, I wanted to point out something when I was watching it. I love the suit. Thank yes. you. Oh, so we didn't even talk about that. So, yes. so oh, yeah. That's, so the suit is from the Impractical Jokers movie. So that blue powder suit I wear, I thought I was like, oh, I because they, they were like, you know, the guys were like, you're going to moderate this thing. Just wear something a moderator would wear. And I brought two options. I brought like just like kind of khaki pants and like uh, maybe a blazer. And I was like, or and I showed them the blue suit that Joe Gatto stole from like the movie set, like from the or, or I don't know if he like stole it or asked the uh, wardrobe department yeah. and he gave it to me. And it's the suit from the movie where like I'm the uh, assistant to Paula Abdul. Yes, I kept it. I couldn't believe it fit because it was just, you know, remember, this is after <laughs> a lot of quarantine. And so, I yeah, I, I wore that. But I have a really weird beard, like not weird, but like it was longer <laughs> than I usually keep it. I go back and uh, this is a whole side tangent. I go back and forth if I like my beard or not. So make sure to write hashtag hate Casey's beard or hashtag like Casey's beard and let me know at Casey Jost. But the crazy thing about- <laughs> I like, the cra- hashtag like for me. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> the crazy thing about that punishment was there was a lot of stuff that, that got cut, including, and I texted Joe Gatto about this. I was like, oh, this thing did, what did, wasn't in there. What happened? At one point I called- because he's James Davies. Mm-hmm. At one point, I called him Murr, and the guys ripped into me. Like they were just making fun yeah. of me, dying laughing, making fun of me. And I was like, oh, that didn't make the cut. They were like, yeah, we're saving it for after party. Like we want to have a whole bit about on him. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I was like, because I, I was, it was, I had like egg on my face. I, I thought I like ruined the whole punishment and then, but no one noticed, but I had right. said Murr I, in I the room. Murr. I know in the room, I called him Murr. And then I was like, uh, uh, and then the guy's just like ripped, ripped into me. It was so funny. And it, and again, Casey, you have that thing. Whenever one of the comedy producers is on set and we do any kind of mistake, if we have any kind of little mistake, the guys will rip into us nonstop. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter that you're still on the floor. It's so funny. And then it, it just, it's, it's really like, again, it's all out of love too. They know you can handle it. Obviously, but it, I, I remember watching that one yep. and uh, as it was being filmed and there I was just being, I, I was like, oh man, poor case. They're like, you called a mer. 
on the floor and like they're having such a blast with it in the background and like you said it was totally fine and it worked but yeah the guy the guys love busting balls there's nothing you love more you don't want to make a mistake but if you do like them making fun of you about it is the greatest feeling in the world 100 it's so funny how it's like that you'd think it's the opposite but it's like it's a term it's like it's how they it's their love language Uh yes because if they didn't for one of us right you would feel like that's them saying like you can't handle it kind of like yeah if you made the mistake and they didn't tease you about it i would then know they're like oh they don't think i'm like up to task like they it's good when they make fun of me because then like you you made the mistake and they feel good about calling you out on it right because if they were mad if they were mad about it they'd go they would just like to each other be like he messed up he just called him Mm -hmm. yeah he just messed he just called he he almost he he probably is gonna ruin the whole bit but if they do make fun (laughs) like that's what you want because if they go if they go he, he go. He just called him. He just called him her. You know, like yeah. that's then you're in trouble. You know, exactly. Then making fun of you openly is job security, and I'll take Rick. it. <laughs> Rick. Rick. I love it. It, it was great, I, and like you said, case this was a really like cerebral one. It took a lot of planning on the guys and to figure out how this would work, and the, the just the dance of like the volume up and the volume down for the white noise yeah. for James Murr Davies out there because they wanted him to say things and then drop the white noise. So then he had to live in that embarrassment. To be honest, they I'd say for me, a lot of the, some of the awkwardness didn't make the final cut. Like there were times where the, the two panelists really went in yeah. on yeah, yeah. and he was trying to defend himself, but there's just such limited time and punishment and stuff. And I liked like they wanted to do like I'm assuming here the rule of threes, basically common rule of threes thing with the water beat. And so once you're committed to that in the cut, uh, which they ended up playing out, you you have to you have to kill your darlings, as they say in comedy, and cut some of the things you like. Like there's some of the awkwardness of them just really digging into him and him trying to defend himself ardently, and uh, and it ended up not making it, uh, you know, because they went with uh, the water beat. I thought it was really good, really awkward punishment at times too, for sure. I, I, I thought also that there was, I, you know, there's in the long cut, which would, you know, if you've watched the premiere and it'll yeah. re-air as this sometimes, but sometimes, you know, they, they cut off a little bit of time. Yep. There was this moment at the top where they're asking him questions that are different than the questions I'm asking, but that was, yeah. that was just for, to embarrass him in front of the home audience. Like, have you ever, right. like you said before, like, have you ever written a book by yourself yeah. or, um, sent a dick pic. eaten dog poop, like, yes. yeah, sent, sent nudes like that, yeah. that, to, that was like a really fun, just way to start exactly explaining like, oh, how this works. Yeah. But then I'm glad that they eventually entered into this territory of like just say any word and he's like canada and then now like that embarrassment on his face for that was really fun yeah exactly i had no idea that's what i mean like i had no idea that that's what sal had said to him so when he said canada i was like oh maybe they told him to say canada yeah you know i had no idea it's so tough when you're on the floor like that like i know zaluga's talked about that a bunch when he was like the john zaluga another comedy producer from the super live adventure podcast uh he when he's on the, the supermarket manager yeah he's like you're you're just out there and you can't hear anything and then it's like go 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 get out there and then you just you walk over and you go uh what happened here then you have to get it explained to you and all that when you know somebody slips and falls in the supermarket and the joker has to say do you have my back for this impending lawsuit basically but it it, it's that thing of like you're kind of left to your own devices and just knowing overall what you need for the bit right because you're only you're really only getting half the story too you don't have all the the bts info Mm -hmm. that the jokers have so yeah great job case really well done and uh it was an awesome awesome mer punishment 
I thought. Yeah, this is a fun one. It was an easy one. Yeah. Like to, to uh, in terms of, you know, I, I, aside from my one mess up, <laughs> I just had to ask some questions and stuff. It's funny because it seems it's just like a few seconds you realize like on TV, but I had to like do a lot of prep and like I had to come up with questions and you guys all came up with a ton of like, you know, the, the company yeah. producers like helped me come up with a ton of just generic questions. Yeah. And that's so helpful. It's so great. Like when, when, you know, I like being a part of the team, but it's crazy when the team is helping you. Right. Like, and I'm like, wow, this team is so good. Yeah. Thanks. Man. It, it's funny. Like uh, sometimes, and we kind of answered this a little bit last week, uh, but like from people are like, what's your job? How do you do it? And like on a gig, like this punishment, it's like, you have to like come up with the idea of like, mm-hmm. what's the housing device for this fake podcast or, or like whatever, this big discussion for this like fake panel. And how do you get people there? And then like the locations team looks into like, that was at the Liberty science center. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you would never know it. Like we don't use like, uh, like we can film other things there and we might later in the season, but it's like so funny. Like this is at like a conference room or an auditorium at the Liberty science center, like locations like found that uh, for us. And then the producers have to find like panelists and like Mark, that will come and like listen to a panel on this and then like we uh, the comedy producers have to come up with like real questions for a fake panel like so then you have to like do research on like what would you talk about at like a a tech panel basically and so it's really funny when you when your gig ends up kind of straying from comedy and just going into like the nuts and bolts of like producing a uh, a technology like conference more or less Mm -hmm. bizarre Uh, but yeah fun to do. And like, I love, love the end product. And I thought, yeah, definitely really punishing for Murr. He like, like, talk about that. Like some punishments, like they feel different, right? Yeah. When you're in it and when you leave it, like a Gato one, like the wind beneath my wings, you kind of know what it is right there. So the, the other guy's just laughing at you, the home, the, the zoom audience laughing at you and you leave and you're like, yep, that was embarrassing. This Murray was like, what the hell did I just do? He was like, he, he, he left and he really had kind of like a, almost like a flop sweat to him. Cause he was like, I, he's like, I think I just offended like so many people out there with all the things that I said. He's like, I couldn't like tell like what I was saying, like what I was responding to. He's like, did I just like, like really like insult people like beyond like repair. And like, he had to like watch the whole thing later to kind of wind down and feel like he didn't like go too far basically. Uh, and like say, you know, especially for those simple yes, no's that he, like, he didn't like say something that he couldn't like take back or would have like really hurt somebody. So yeah, it was definitely really punishing for him. I know he was like super nervous when it finished about what he actually said. Yeah. It's, you're so right. Like it's, there's this difference when each punishment is over between the guys, you know, isn't that funny? Like the right. thing of like, like at the end of finishing a murder punishment, it's different than finishing a Joe or, or Prince Herbert Q. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a feeling you have afterward. And murders are always like, Oh man, that was a lot of work. Like after, like even just watching it, you're like, Oh man, that must've been a lot to, to handle. Yeah, definitely. And again, like he just was terrified until he saw the cut. So he could like know exactly what he was responding to, you know, cause he couldn't hear you out there. So yeah, that was a, it was a fun one. And like, again, real punishment for him in the moment. Uh, which is always what we're, what we're aiming for there. So yeah, this is, a, again, my favorite one so far since we've been back. I'm, I'm excited for a bunch of the ones we have coming up. So I like it. I dig it. I know I said I probably said one of the other episodes is my favorite, but this one might be my favorite. Yep. I like the whole, the Top Golf got me. Top Golf was great. Oh, we got to do something like that again. Yeah, and then I got to eat all the props and stuff too. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Each time we can do that. When you say props, that's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the like prop food. You ate golf balls and clubs. The pro- I did learn how to play <laughs> golf that day, though, which I'm very good at it now. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. It's great. One day. Like, I, I want to go hit balls. I like, I really want to go to a range and hit balls now. You and 
Joe Gatto. I want to hit balls. Talk to me about a course. Would you want to go to a course though? Yes. You want to hit, you want to hit nards or you want to hit balls? I want to hit maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> but you would, you'd be great on a course. We'd have fun, Shay. Let's do it. I, I've only golfed a few times. Like my, my, you know, my brother likes to golf a lot and I'll, mm-hmm. like, I'll just go with him and I'm not very good, but I just, I have fun like walking around, but we should go. See, so then yeah. we should just do it together. Let's do it together. We should do a podcast trip. It's the three of us and then yes. a lucky fan of the podcast gets to come along and we do call, you know, and it's only a fan that likes my beard though. But I can say that I think like top golf owe us now, as you said, like they, we, we give them their own commercial. So they should just let us do it there. hundred percent. They owe us big time. I want to do an 18 hole, but I feel like, is that, is it an 18 hole? Seven, how, how many holes is it? It's 18, but I feel like after nine, you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they should just let us come to the driving range for free now. Amen. That's true. We should, I mean, we gave them a big commercial. They should. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Um, well, this is a fun one, guys. Um, wait, so let's go re- marker the episode real quick. So again, mine is the guy who, who said the moose, <laughs> the definitely a moose right there and gives, gave Q, uh, sorry, Murr a zero. Yeah. I'm going Luca, my paisan. Okay. I'm going Keith. Keith. Wow. This had a lot. See, I, this is one of the first times where we had like three very different marks of the episode mm-hmm. this usually is. we're all we're all on the same page with like you know with grandma deadpool <laughs> which is yeah. a throwback but that's <laughs> she's the best mm-hmm. love you guys love you too love you good time good times talking breaking it down been great been real i don't want to i don't want to you hang up okay no you hang up <laughs> no you hang up no you go first there you go we'll see you next week the official impact of the podcast